We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Mahomes has the time, delivers, perfectly downfield, touchdown, Patrick Mahomes with a rope. This one, Adams, touchdown. This time going deep for Beckham Jr. Hello everyone, welcome back to Rotoviz Overtime on Rotoviz Radio, brought to you by Blue Wire. It is episode 200 of the Rotoviz Overtime podcast. My name is Colin Kelly. You can follow me as always on Twitter at Overtime Ireland. I'm delighted to be joined once again by my co-host for those 200 shows. It is Mr. Sean Siegel, one of the co-owners at Rotoviz. Sean, it's hard to believe uh, there is uh, 200 episodes in the books. It's uh, flown by, particularly in the last year, we've been doing two shows a week, so we've pretty much jettisoned through around about 100 episodes. We had a few draft specials and things like that, which also increased it. So about 100 to 110 shows over the past year. So we've, we've really ramped it up. But uh, it's been it's been one hell of a run uh, here, bringing the show twice a week to the to the listeners. It has been. And, and to be on episode 200 at this time of the year is absolutely perfect. Talk about the, our favorite moments, some of these guest spots. I think because we do guests very rarely and when we bring them on, it's for a very specific reason, both in terms of what they're going to talk about for that show and how much uh, we like and respect them in terms of bringing them on. Those have been some of our favorite moments. The 100th episode still always stands out to me. We had the great bold predictions from Pat, Pete, Ben, Matthew, Davis, you know, that's about the most fun you can have. You think about some of the other great guests that we've had and just how uh, big the shows were when we had Mike Clay last year, when we had Scott Barrett, both of those, a lot of fun to the rest of the, the guests as well. We appreciate you coming on so much. We have some intriguing names uh, coming up over the next six weeks or so. So we'll kind of leave that out there 
and uh, hope that you show up for a few of those. Again, we don't do guests very often, but when, when they, we do, they always pay off in a big way. And uh, call them the, the contest here. We have the show today. Where we're going to talk about how to beat your rookie draft. I'm really looking forward to it. Yeah, and obviously uh, you mentioned there the contest. Uh, today is episode 200. We're going to keep it open till Tuesday's show next week to give you an opportunity. If maybe maybe this is the first time you've listened in, maybe it's going to be your, your lucky day. Get yourself a road of a subscription or a draft guide just by dropping us a five-star review. So if you are here or you haven't dropped us a review yet, maybe you've been listening in over the full 200 episodes, but you've always just thought, I'll do it. I'll do it the next time. This is the time to do it. Drop us that five star review in your favorite podcast app. You could win yourself uh, a road of his NFL pass. You could win yourself some of those draft guys that we talked about. And there's an opportunity to win a appearance on an upcoming road of his overtime podcast to, to pick the brain of Mr. Sean Siegel. I think that's well worth it. And uh, Sean, in just a moment, I'm going to play a clip that uh, I think we both agree is our favorite clip from the entire 200 episodes. I think that should be worth dropping a five-star review just for how good this clip was so going to play it in a minute we'll see if we do get to episode 400 we'll aim for episode uh, 250 and we'll keep it keep it moving as it goes but they are flying and it's been a lot of fun and we're gonna have a lot of great content coming your way over the entire off season but as Sean mentioned the next kind of six or eight weeks is going to be a hell of a lot of fun but I've teased the clip without further ado I think it's time to play it uh, hopefully the listeners will enjoy listening back into this one I know I will I've been doing all of these rookie drafts like everyone else, and I'm looking at some of this ADP, and I'm thinking to myself, what the hell is going on, okay? Because I hear two prevailing sentiments. One of them is, this is a generational wide receiver class similar to 2014, and I'm inclined to agree with that sentiment. But then on the other hand, I hear, you gotta draft running backs because of the immediate production. Okay, so what we're seeing now are four to five running backs, often five running backs, going ahead of the cream of the crop of a generational class, CeeDee Lamb and Jerry Judy. And I personally, for a lack of a better word, think that's batshit insane. And they don't give you that immediate production? Then you should have just drafted the wide receiver in the first place. So uh, from that clip... Uh, Pete uh, obviously mentioned a few of the rookies last year even if we if we think into that rookie class last year was just phenomenal at the wide receiver position you know uh, Justin Jefferson and and so on but just phenomenal phenomenal class overall when we look though uh, back Sean um, we're looking now to the future uh, I still think that's the the best clip that we've had but um, we'll see what happens over the the next 200 but in terms of fitting in the the clip we talk about talks about the generational wide receiver class that was last year and how some of those running backs were kind of going ahead of them in those rookie drafts so we're looking now at the post draft rookie prospect lab scores and how that'll affect these players in 2021 so they're not going quite as high Sean this year and you know they're not overlapping uh, really those wide receiver talents but uh, what's your thoughts on how post-draft landing spots and, and uh, you know, positions that they've been taken at has, a, has affected some of those values? 
Well, one of the reasons we love this clip, obviously, is that uh, Pete is on board with us. Running backs are overvalued. Wide receivers are undervalued. Make sure you put your squad together so it has the most long-term value. It's interesting because at about the halfway point last year, it looked like the running back drafters were going to get absolutely killed because we have these wide receivers playing extremely well. The running back's a little bit disappointing. But then Akers, Dobbins, those guys with a little bit of a spurt, at the end deandre swift looking better and so they've solidified their dynasty redraft status for this season at least to where they're holding their own a little bit better uh, still not up there with a justin jefferson but holding their own you go back you look at last year's draft maybe now if you took a jk dobbins ahead of a cd lamb you can kind of see the light at least for the next season or two but our research indicates that as these rookie drafts go forward, you're going to see more wide receivers rise up. You're going to see more running backs fall out that the value would have been with the wide receivers. And that brings up the interesting question, obviously of, of what people should do this year. And the running back prospect lab has been very good about helping drafters find the stars. Now we're talking about drafting running backs. And we do know that if you're in a dynasty league, you have to have this roster that's better than the best possible redraft league. You have to have this roster that's better than the best possible redraft roster. You're probably going to have to have some running backs in there. We want to always be making sure that we're targeting the absolute stars, both in trades and in rookie drafts, which is your real avenue to get some of these rookies. And that's the reason why rookie running backs end up being overrated, because it's your chance to get them at that range and age range where they actually do have some value for you so to go through this a little bit look at the historical results uh, let's see where some of these very best guys land in the prospect lab see if the lab has been accurate in terms of telling us you know what we should do number one right off the bat ezekiel elliott number two leonard fournette number three todd Gurley. four saquon barkley five melvin gordon six uh, three-way tie for sixth here jonathan taylor darren mcfadden christian mccaffrey and then below that we have a little bit of a jump down to trent richardson and no moreno a couple of guys who were the bust but we go back through we look at that and what do we see right if you go to the rotoviz triflex adp on the site you're going to see that there are four running backs with first round adps that's impressive when you consider that the first round is mostly the quarterbacks there. But you have Christian McCaffrey, Saquon Barkley, Jonathan Taylor, and Dalvin Cook. Cook wasn't on the list that I just read to you, but he is 13th, so he's just outside that range. So those four guys all showing up. We look at the last five years. Who are the one and two guys in terms of fantasy points to the running back position? Ezekiel Elliott, Todd Gurley. Those are the one and three guys according to the lab. So one of the things that we're seeing here is that Although running backs, really like any other position, uh, can be difficult to hit on outside of the true stars or difficult to at least know what's going to happen. I mean, the uncertainty is part of it. Once you get outside the superstar range, then there's going to be more risk, right? But we can see who these very top guys are. And then that leads us to the question of, okay, well, what are the results for 2021? Because if I'm looking at this draft and thinking, okay, 2019, the 101 Josh Jacobs, that was a bust. I should have obviously taken wide receivers. You look at 2020, Clyde Edwards-Alaire, the 101, 
too early to say that that's a clear bust or that it's a clear loss. But if you look at even just short-term trade value, he's going much lower, right? So if you had picked somebody else with the one-on-one, you'd be better in better shape, at least from a trade value perspective. We look at those two guys. We see Jacobs, a 79th percentile score, Edwards, a layer, an 83rd percentile score. All of those guys from the top 10 list are in the mid-90s. Christian McCaffrey there, that sort of tie for uh, sixth that we had, that's 96th percentile and above so when we're talking about the stars we're talking about guys who are coming in above this 95th percentile we can feel more comfortable about them now the thing to have done last year and this is easy to say in retrospect we were on the jonathan taylor bandwagon that doesn't mean that we would always be right but we thought that he would be the guy he did turn out to be the guy you know take the talent over that short-term uh situation that comes into play a little bit this season as well i think colin because we have someone in harris who appears to have a fantastic situation, at least from a volume perspective. He's going to get all the work he can take. That's not as clear for Travis Etienne, not as clear for Javante Williams. So then what does the lab say? And to to avoid any more suspense, we're going to come in here. (laughs) Travis Etienne, the post-draft score, 90th percentile, Williams and Harris, 85th. Breaking that down a little bit, Etienne has been the guy that I've wanted I think he's still the guy that you want. I think that when you look at him being an Alvin Kamara type, it's easier to see him coming through in that type of role than perhaps it is to seeing Harris become the next David Johnson. But these scores are kind of all in that range where there's a lot of upside. There's a little bit of risk. We can't look at Williams and Harris and say, okay, these are guys who are clear-cut targets. They're not must-have players. But based on the projected order that we saw on Tuesday, Williams especially is going to be at a very palatable price for what the projection is here. Yeah, I think the the interesting thing here, Sean, you tied it back to last year, and I think there's a lot of similarities where you know the landing spot is going to be the part that's maybe catching some people's eye in terms of draft position there's you know there's only one spot between harris and uh, etn i think that you know people still reminisce about Le'Veon bell and the steelers and how he was able to run behind that offensive line but when we look back like his running style wasn't something that is seen by many running backs the offensive line may have been given credit for something that wasn't really doing all that much and that running or that offensive line over the last couple of years has not been good as you mentioned on Tuesday's show with some of the the running backs who have been in there have had fleeting moments of success but it hasn't been consistent so Harris could be set up in a spot that could potentially lead to a difficult situation you know pretty quickly so I I think the the two guys going there in terms of Etienne and Williams are, are very interesting from their landing spots which you talked about on on tuesday aren't they they aren't terrible landing spots there is you know i don't think that the steelers is that much better of a landing spot based on the the current roster construction i think that maybe just perception of the historic his steelers is, is what's maybe coloring that in a little bit so um i, I would definitely be going and i'm a little bit intrigued uh, with the the results here i think that would lead me as well to be, be more interested in both of them it's just you mentioned that you've wanted etn all along every time we've taken him up i've kind of said that there's other players in that range that i'm going to be more tempted to but to have but 
when you're on the board and, and it's sitting there in front of you, he is a very tantalizing uh, prospect to to go and, and try and get on your, on your roster. Still very tempted to go wide receiver over that spot, but I think if you're in a, in, in a situation where you do need that running back depth, I think uh, him and Williams are both uh, value prospects at, at the current current values. Yeah, and we look at what happened last year where some of these running backs went into situations that didn't appear to be ideal. Now, Taylor had a little bit of, of help in the unfortunate injury to Marlon Mack, uh, but Akers eventually works his way to the front there. Swift eventually works his way to the front there, even though the Lions, for whatever reason, thought that they were uh, better served to get Adrian Peterson involved. Uh, what that actually accomplished for them is they all got themselves fired. But <laughs> you're going to see these rookies work their way into the starting lineup into a role that will work for you in fantasy Uh, one of the exercises that i did last year that was kind of fun to see just like just how striking the results were was asking this question of okay well post draft is there this window to buy low on the veteran running backs because of the rookie hype and you can go in you can play around with the dynasty adp tool and see the trajectory of running backs over the last six, seven years, uh, looking at the MFL results and trying to decide, okay, well, you know, is there a situation where rookies are drafted and then the veteran fights them off, maintains their dynasty value, or goes somewhere else, improves their dynasty value? And the results were really pretty stunning. And we know that one of the reasons why zero running back works in redraft leagues is because within any given season, there is a ton of movement. Uh, there can be some unfortunate carnage. You have chaos. The running back rankings move around, and you get other guys coming to the front. We know it obviously works in, in Dynasty and some of these other formats that are more long-term because the long-term view is even worse for running backs. But the thing that you can lose sight of is the fact that when we look at the long-term, the long-term is made up of a succession of short-term moves. And the thing that even being a zero running back advocate and someone who uh, is very much aware of the way that running backs can collapse i was still we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Prize to see just how bad it was. And just how completely the veteran dynasty value was shattered by having someone sort of drafted over them or drafted into their depth chart. And so that's bad news for the veterans, but it's also a little bit of good news for these running backs who've landed in places where maybe it's not clear sailing 
if you like those guys, if you had them on your Debbie roster, or now if you're going to get a little bit of a discount, we think that Etienne and Williams uh, in Superflex, with how strong the quarterback position is, these guys could go 7, 8, 9, 10 even. And at that range, the risk that you have is, is more than set off by the upside reward. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime. Nobody builds 5G like Verizon builds 5G, because we're the engineers who built the most reliable network in America. And the more you do with 5G, the more building it right matters, the more your network matters. The more Verizon engineers going the extra mile matters. It's us pushing us. It's Verizon versus Verizon. 5G built right from America's most reliable network. Most reliable based on rankings from Rootmetrics second half 2020 U.S. report of three mobile networks. Results may vary. Award is not an endorsement. Hey, Rotoviz Radio listener. This is Curtis Patrick from the Dynasty Command Center podcast, and I've got a special deal for you today. Go to rotoviz.com, click the subscribe button, Put the 12-month subscription in your cart and use promo code RVRADIO2021. That's RVRADIO2021. And you're going to save 10%. Taking advantage of this deal, getting your hands on what's included in the package is the best way to enhance your performance this year. So go to rotoviz.com and subscribe now. Then, Colin, the tricky part is that once we get into Tier 2, it gets dark pretty quickly we have Trey Sermon, 70th percentile, Carter, 67th, Hubbard, 66, Stevenson, 64, and Gainwell, 63. Especially Hubbard and, Gaines, and Gainwell being placed in behind Christian McCaffrey and Miles Sanders. There, there's not a lot of room for optimism there. I mean, we know guys get hurt. We know Sanders has had some nicks already. We know that last year, Mike Davis now appears to be the starter in Atlanta, because of the way that he played when McCaffrey was down. But uh, even though I have almost 100% ownership of Hubbard, which doesn't look perfect today, I just, I can't, I can't even bring myself to envision a season or a next couple of seasons in which Christian McCaffrey is not the NFL's absolute star. I mean, that's just too dark. I mean, he's too fun. He's too good. He's too important for fantasy. He's too important for the NFL. I can't see him getting hurt. I think he's going to be healthy. I don't think that there's value behind him there. Yeah, the, the problem is, is you know, and this is a big misconception, I think, as well, when we talk about zero RB. Part of it is, like you mentioned, the injuries that happen at the running back position, how that position tends to get decimated over the course of a season, whether it's early in the season or as the season goes on and the body breaks down. We're not rooting for players to pick up injuries. We don't want to see players get injured. You've mentioned there with Christian McCaffrey. But... Uh, like we don't want to envision him getting injured but there is also that possibility he does get hurt and then that leads to a value being there in Hubbard in terms of some of the you know uh, the the draft that um I was doing late third round was kind of the region that he was going in as and that particular one and I think there does become a value then to have him on the back end of your roster and your taxi squad in case something should happen I think when you get into the area that those guys are going in um, in the actual draft scenarios that 
like you are getting into zero RB candidate territory and you're hoping that things do break just their way. Um, like We didn't really think what happened with Mike Davis last year was going to happen with him. Um, I, I had a lot of him uh, very close to being caught on a number of occasions on, on those dynasty rosters that eventually played out after quite some time. But um, these guys have gone from players that we were maybe hopeful that things could still work out to you know the likes of Hubbard and Gainwell particularly they've landed in spots where outside of injury I think the value is going to be extremely extremely limited it is and then we go to tier three and we find that there really aren't a lot of great sleepers and so that brings us to the next question column and the topic that we've sort of teased for the show which is strategies for dominating your rookie draft let's start off with a big one here again goes into the clip that we had from pete and this is that just like in regular drafts owners tend to be overconfident in running backs early and overconfident in wide receivers late right so when we're looking at those first five six picks we know that the quarterbacks have a lot of value we know that if there is a superstar running back we want to make sure we get in and get that player and then outside of that we want to be making sure that we get the values right because you have someone like a justin jefferson you have someone like a cd lamb maybe you have to have a little bit of patience but you can turn that player into multiple running backs later on you can turn that player into a running back and maybe a veteran qb that you need to bridge to some following season so you get a good running back and maybe you get a matt ryan you have a jefferson you have a lamb even say uh, if you have some of these other wide receivers who are going to be emerging like a higgins an Ayuk, even a jerry judy you're going to be able to turn those guys into the positions that you need we want to take the values that are there we want to take the best players in round one the other thing that we want to do column sort of as we move down in round one is to remember that we can trade back and when we have a deep wide receiver tier that may stretch from 107 to 205 we don't always have to hit the front guy in that tier now we don't want to keep moving down and keep losing value and not get things back for it we don't want to give up a Devonte smith and get a rashad bateman but let's say we move back and pick up a rondale more what are your thoughts on moving down picking up value what would you need to get back in order to be willing to move from the 109 to the 203 in terms of like when you when you're looking at it there so you, like i i always think that it depends on obviously the roster construction and i've touched on it a few times and sometimes tiers mightn't be the right way to to look at it but in terms of where you have those players grouped so if you have four wide receivers in that range there is a much higher statistical opportunity that one of those guys is going to get to you the the problem is if you only have one guy or you only have two guys trading back is not going to be uh, the right thing to do really there i think you can do it in a couple of ways you can do it based on value for next year as well um so it could be a case where you potentially pick up a, a first round pick next year and drop back and you know still have those two second round picks or if you if you have your second round pick at that current moment you're going to end up getting that second one um you can also do it you know veteran players as well can be traded into it but i think when we're looking at it ideally you want to have pretty you can never be fully confident but you want to be pretty confident that you can move back and still get a player that you're going to be happy with obviously you can trade back again if if he's not there but 
the likelihood of there being nobody there that you're going to want and then for somebody else to want to make that move up that's going to be worth your while is going to be limited so I think in in round two um, if you have those wide receivers and I think in this draft there clearly is a number of wide receivers in that range that uh, there's not going to be many drafts that they're all going to be gone particularly in super flex so uh, I think if you can move back and get one of those guys and either get uh, an extra pick this current year or ideally get another first round pick the following year would probably be the the way I would be moving Um, would you have a different view Sean? Yeah, I think that if we can get this balance of getting the same guy, getting a guy in the same tier and picking up that future value and looking for those future round twos makes a lot of sense because our second thing that we're going to want to do here is load up on wide receivers in round two and round two, especially in a super flex format is going to be deeper than it seems like. So in this most recent draft that Monty Fon and I did for the Road of Biz Triflex startups, We took a lot of moves down. We ended up with three first-round picks for next year, but we also ended up with five second-round picks. And I think it's easy to think, okay, well, those second-round picks are more flyer types of selections. But what we see is that a lot of these wide receivers who end up with more long-term value than running backs anyway, they end up in this stretch. So when we're loading up on future round twos in Superflex, what we're actually doing is loading up on a range of the draft that ends up having more total value, a little bit less risk, a little bit more longevity in terms of what we think those players are going to be able to do for us You know, over the next six, seven, eight years. You're loading up on pieces that you're going to be able to, number one, have the fun of, of making the draft picks. I and mean, one of the reasons why we like these rookie drafts is that we get to make picks, you get new young players, you refresh your roster and you just have a, a good time with it. That's you know why we're doing fantasy in the first place. But then as the years go along, you have these assets that maintain or increase their value and that you can turn into other positions that you need. And so in round two, we want to pick the wide receivers. We want to get future R2s so we can pick more wide receivers. And then we move to round three. We still have some options. Monty and I have five round three picks in that next draft. It depends a little bit on your format. If you have a shallow enough roster, it can be difficult to spend all of these picks. But I think it's a mistake to look at a round three pick and say, okay, well, that's really just a lottery selection. You know, you're going to use it on the guy that you like, even though that guy is not going to end up being good. Maybe it even bogs down your roster because you want to be able to say later on that you hit on this player. So you hold them when maybe there was a better option of free agency that you could have just did a little bit of roster churn there. But one of the things that you can do is you can take a little bit of advantage of this natural tendency to go for your guy, right? We all have players who are drafted on day three that we think, well, that guy, now that he went at pick 120 instead of 250, I can go after him. Or even though he went and picked 230, he went to a team where he's got a wide open opportunity. Or he was undrafted, but I still like him. It's JVN Hawkins. He's with the Atlanta Falcons. They have nobody else. We're just going to go ahead and make that selection. Now, Hawkins is an example that we talked a lot about on our rookie rankings summit uh, for the guide. And we do still like him. We do still like that situation in Atlanta. But the way that you can really benefit with these round three picks is to take the less trendy positions, the less exciting positions, 
even though we look at these one QB leagues and say quarterbacks are not valuable, you go out there and you take one every season. Number one, you get the depth. So you never get in that situation where you have to trade a legitimately valuable asset in order to cover the quarterback position. The other thing you do is maybe you hit on the next Josh Allen and suddenly you have two stars. Maybe now you have a star when you didn't originally and you did it with a pick that didn't cost you very much. In a super flex league, perhaps we're talking about the tight end. Now, tight ends can move up in the super flex tight end premium types of formats, but one of the things that we find are that tight ends who are drafted on day two still don't generate a lot of enthusiasm for drafters, right? But when we're looking at these rookie drafts, if you're taking a tight end who is picked between pick 50 and pick 100, as opposed to drafting a wide receiver who was drafted at 170 or a running back who fell out of the draft, you have a lot better chance that that player is going to stick in the NFL for a while. You can stash these guys and hope that some of these tight ends come through. When you're filling out your roster, you don't necessarily need a ton of tight ends, but if you get the next George Kittle, then suddenly you've completely revitalized your roster. You get someone like a John Smith who can come in and play a little bit. You fix your roster there. If you have a Jordan Reed and you come through and you have that window before he suffers all of the injuries and suddenly you have someone at the tight end position. Cole Komet was an excellent guy last year. Tommy Tremble is going to be an interesting player there. This year, Brevin Jordan, even with the fall that he had, he still has the production that we look for and goes into their situation in Houston where, yeah, they have a lot of tight ends, but they don't have anybody really just overall to catch passes. And so an opportunity to pick tight ends at a discount and at a position that is very hard to fill in fantasy. So if you can get a player who is at a discount to where he went in the reality draft and a position that is hard to fill, if you have the roster spots there, you can stash, you can address some of these issues by taking players who are drafted earlier than the real flyers at running back or wide receiver that tend to go in these ranges. Yeah, and it's always uh, interesting. The other thing I like to do sometimes is if you do have multiple picks and say the third round um, and somebody's looking to move up, if you can even get that second round pick for the following year and get yourself set up kind of uh, ahead of time. If there's not somebody there, you're you're all in on. A uh, good question, Sean, came in from John Scully. Going to read through it here, and it kind of fits in with what we were talking about, but we've touched on this uh, over the last couple of probably over the last month a few times kind of similar questions but it is something that continues to pop up from the listeners uh, it's a, a philosophical uh, kind of structural draft question regarding superflex rookie drafts when you have an early pick in a rookie draft and you have a shot to draft a promising young rookie quarterback let's say we have a number of examples this year how do you juggle between drafting a quarterback as the best player available versus drafting for team needs in other words what circ- set of circumstances need to be in place before you feel comfortable passing on the quarterback in favor of a running back wide receiver or tight end with an early round one rookie pick and a super flex dynasty league so sean in terms of your thoughts there's lots of players that, that do fit into that this year we talked on tuesday's show about you know uh lawrence going as the the 101 you've mentioned seeing lance possibly going in some leagues at that point but then you do have the situation where you know we do have players like Pitts. we do have chase that could potentially uh jump into that spot as well so what's your thought process there this is one that i think is just always very very interesting and it's going to depend a little bit on personal preference 
I like to get to the position in super flex leagues where I have enough quarterback value that I'm not going to get in deep trouble, right? And so in the startup draft that Sam Wallace and I did recently, we took Lawrence in the first round, but then at the end of the single digit rounds, we took Mac Jones, Derek Carr, and Tom Brady. So we would have the four quarterbacks, even though in Superflex you're still obviously stuck at the start two. You get four, you have some redundancy there, you can fend off an injury, you can overcome a player going through a sort of a Carson Wentz type of season where someone who seems like a clear-cut starter collapses and it finds themselves out of the starting lineup. You have some options there. Also, if everything goes extremely well, you can trade from a position of strength. The only super flex leagues that I end up getting stuck in and am not competing for the title in any given year, it's because I took too big of a risk at quarterback and the risk didn't pay off. Uh, in last year's Black Crown startup with uh, Curtis Patrick running it, a really fun league there. The decisions that I made at the other positions just went like clockwork, absolutely perfect. Really exciting to have all of these young guys and it's just hit, 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 hit. But the quarterback position was a disaster to where at the end of the season, I essentially had no one having to start, you know, someone like a Brissette just to try and get maybe that random quarterback rushing touchdown who comes in off the bench to get say six points to overcome a little bit of the gap and the rest of the roster was so good that all of those games down the stretch were were basically dead heats and you're like okay well if i had any quarterbacks in there we'd be winning this easily so you don't want to get stuck and not only do you not want to get stuck but you can trade these quarterbacks if you have too many for so much value later on that when you look at this 2021 draft and you have Lawrence, you have Lance, you have Wilson, you have Fields, and you have Jones, the temptation to add at least one of those guys, not only is that fun, but you can turn that player into more value later in most cases. Now, having said that, and in the response to John, we know that he started his draft on Monday. We're rooting for him there wishing him good luck hopefully that draft is coming out well i said that when i do have quarterbacks so i'm set and then i have this decision between a qb and a superstar it's just going to be really hard for me to pass right so we look at jamar chase he comes out in the wide receiver prospect lab he looks at like probably the best prospect since amari cooper you say well amari cooper i mean he's good not great but came in immediate impact player and the not great sense that we have for Amari Cooper is just because the potential ceiling was so, so high. So you have Chase. If he disappoints and becomes an Amari Cooper, yeah, that's going to be disappointing, but it's still someone who has so much value through the seasons. You look at Pitts, a lot of people feel like he is the best tight end prospect ever, right? And I was proposing to the guys during the ranking summit that if Travis Kelsey were 25 years old instead of in his 30s, he would be in competition with Patrick Mahomes to be the 101 in Superflex tight end premium leagues because the field tilting element of his play is so extreme that if you have Kelsey on your team, it's almost like having a full extra player. And the response back to me, which I think does make some sense, is like, okay, well, if we're going to give you know Pitts a Travis Kelsey type of projection, then you know we have to give extreme upside projections for some of these other guys. 
there's truth to that. But at the same time, we're talking about a chase. We're talking about a pits. We're talking about guys who legitimately are sort of best at the position in a number of years types of players. We do have to look at them in a different light than players like Lance, like Wilson, like Fields, like Jones, where they're good prospects. There's a chance that they were elevated to an extent just because of the extreme need at those positions. And, you know, you hear that from a lot of scouts, the numbers that we have on these guys suggest that that is also true. The article that Dave Cabin had for uh, the Rotoviz rookie guide also hints in that direction. Those are guys I would like to have, but if I compare them to what I think the range of outcomes is for a chase or a pits, it's going to be different. I don't think that those guys are going to come around and be a Patrick Mahomes, be a Kyler Murray, be a Lamar Jackson, although Fields and Lance you know, have some similarities that intrigue you. I do think that Chase or Pitts could end up being the best guys at their position in the entire NFL in two or three seasons. Now, it's not the most likely thing, but they have a path there. And so it would be hard for me to pass. We've talked in this show about Travis Etienne, a 90th project percentile projection as opposed to a 96 97 98 not the no-brainer that some of those guys were but it would be hard to pass on him as well if you kind of structured your roster where you're loaded everywhere else and then you're going to take some shots at running back in rookie drafts to see if okay i get the short-term value i win my league with etn i trade him again to get more value later and so if you're already set at qb then this is a season where i would be tempted to pass not a season where I'm actually stacking more QB value in behind because some of your other options at these other positions just have so much upside. Yeah, really well answered there. And um, as always, uh, it is getting to the end of this episode. It's not always episode 200, but I just want to say at the end, I always like to thank the listeners for tuning in and for supporting the podcast. I want to echo that, obviously, as we get to the end of the 200th edition of the show. We do it for you guys listening in and getting in touch with us on a weekly basis. And uh, we do appreciate all the questions, all the comments question like john sent in today if you do want to send them in you can send them via email to rotavizradio at gmail.com or you can send them my way on twitter at overtime ireland um, either way we'll try and add them into some of the upcoming shows i have to say the standard of listener questions has been phenomenal uh, this off season so keep them coming in thanks to john for today's we do have the contest running as well, so drop us that five-star review. We will be announcing the winners on next Tuesday's show, so don't miss out. It is the final countdown for your opportunity to drop us that review. Make sure that you do it on your favorite podcast device. If you do have multiple accounts, hey, who am I to say to uh, don't drop them on, on more than one account? <laughs> Give yourself as many opportunities as you can. As always, you can get yourself a listener discount to a Rotoviz NFL pass. You use the code RVRADIO2021 at checkout or go to rotoviz.com forward slash podcast for additional information. That's going to take us to the end of this show, episode 200 of Rotoviz Overtime and Rotoviz Radio. My name is Colin Kelly. You can follow me on Twitter at Overtime Ireland. And as always, Sean Siegel, my co-host here on the show. Check out his great work up on rotoviz.com. Thank you once again for tuning in to today's show. And until we're back next week, have a good one. Thank you for listening to Overtime and Rotoviz Radio. Please rate and review the Rotoviz Radio podcast on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. You can contact us via email at rotovizradio at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at Rotoviz Radio. And remember, you can always support the pod by subscribing to Rotoviz with a discount through the Rotoviz Radio homepage, rotoviz.com forward slash podcast.
Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime. Did you know that most vitamin D3 supplements come from sheep's wool? Ew, seriously. They squeeze the grease out of the wool and process it with chemicals, and then you eat it. I'm Kat, mother of three and founder of Ritual, the company making traceability the new standard in the supplement industry. When I was pregnant, I got rid of products I didn't want anywhere near my body. I found that many multivitamins contain high amounts of heavy metals, synthetic colorants, and even lacked some of the nutrients we actually needed. So what did I do? At four months pregnant, I quit my job and started Ritual because all women deserve to know what they're putting in their bodies and why. Ritual's products are made traceable, meaning we share the science and sourcing for every single ingredient. For example, our vegan vitamin D3 comes from sustainably harvested lichen in Nottingham, England, not sheep. We trace like a mother because, let's be honest, no one cares quite like a mother. See for yourself with 25% off at ritual.com slash podcast.